This is Dr. Chris Ferris, registered acupuncturist, and welcome to FimiaCast, the official podcast for the Faresian Institute of Modern Integrated Acupuncture. If you are an acupuncture practitioner or student, or you have an interest in acupuncture, then make sure you go to fimia.com.au and sign up for free to get notifications on our latest courses and resources. On this episode of FemiaCast, I am speaking with Drs. Chantel Mulner and Angus Timms, registered acupuncturists from New Brighton, New South Wales, founders and directors of The Health Cove. Chantel and Angus met in their first year of study at Endeavour College and have now been practicing for over three years since completing their degrees. Together, they have recently taken ownership of the Jade Tortoise Clinic of Natural Health. Yet inspired by the desire to offer a place of healing and rejuvenation, the location was renovated and the practice was reimagined into what is now known as the Health Cove. Located just north of Byron Bay, their practice offers the expertise of multiple allied health practitioners, providing a wealth of knowledge and support for their patients all under one roof. For Chantel and Angus, this process has been a dream come true, as they have always been passionate about a move towards a more integrated approach to health. I met the pair about eight years ago while studying at Endeavour College in Brisbane. And in just a few short years following graduation, they have gone from students with a passion for acupuncture to trailblazing business owners with eyes set for a world of new possibilities. Join me now as I get the full story on this acupuncture power couple, Drs. Chantel Mulner and Angus Timms. Ready to rock this thing? Let's do it. I think okay. so. Let's do it. Doctors Chantel Mulner and Angus Timms, welcome along to FimiaCast. How are you today? I'm um, well, thank you. Thank you for having us. That's sure. good. Very good. Thanks for having us, Chris. Excellent. No worries. It's a pleasure to have you back. It's been a long time since we've caught up. How long has it been? Oh, I reckon it must be, yeah, three, three years or so. Mm. I think we last saw each other maybe in Byron. You guys came down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brun's yeah. Pub. Yeah. Brunt's pub, yes. Shared, yeah. shared a nice meal there. Yeah, yeah, very nice indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like um, I had uh, Olivia Jance on the last episode. It's kind of like reunion month for me. Yeah, <laughs> seeing cool. everyone again. Yeah. yeah, it's been nice catching up. Yeah. So, and uh, in that area, you've recently uh, got yourself a new business. Is that right? In the yes. the Byron Shire, is, is that where it is? Byron Bay Shire, yeah. yes. Uh, more specifically, New Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very cool for us. It's been been a bit of a journey yeah yeah so so what um what can you tell me about the the process of that like you had already been uh when you graduated you had been working in a clinic under someone else is that right yeah so it's, it's the same clinic um when we graduated we were both lucky enough to be offered uh to work with tim Lyon, who's an acupuncturist who owned the jade tortoise clinic of natural health mm-hmm. so he was based in new brighton and we both worked there for a period of time probably around uh, one year to 18 months and yeah during that period things evolved and he ended up offering us an opportunity to buy the clinic off him mm-hmm. so we we were pretty shocked at first yeah, and, yeah, and very there. excited so but we yeah we, we've been there for 18 months and we knew how things worked um, we'd built a fantastic rapport with our patients and it was just a natural progression really mm. um, so we ended up grabbing that opportunity and yeah taking that yeah, that must be quite an advantage to uh, to, uh, to take over the clinic that you've already been working for a while, as, as opposed to establishing a new clinic in a different location. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think it was a yeah very very lucky to have that opportunity and mm. 
and see it from that perspective as well. So, um, yeah, we're both really happy with how things have, have yeah. moved and it's been a bit of a blur the last three years. Yeah, just, yeah I bet. Yeah. So how long has, it's called the Health Cove. Yeah, right? so we renovated um, and we rebranded um, because our, and Tim Lyon, he, um, it was primarily only traditional Chinese medicine. So it was only just acupuncture clinic, but it did grow over the years. So he, about over 10 years or so that he had it. And um, we had other allied health um, members join us. So we wanted a, a name that's kind of represented um yeah, just a collective of our team, a multidisciplinary clinic, which would which would sort of evolve to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we changed the health cove, changed it to the health cove, um, which was quite a funny story. But um, yeah, when we were looking for names, like that was probably the hardest thing. Really. <laughs> to do. Um, it was. It was really, it's like Which, naming a baby. Like, we just yeah, like, you didn't really want to get it right. We wanted to get it right. And, but we've, we really loved, um, we heard Cove a few times because we are in the Byron Shire and we're on the coast. And we just thought, um, when we looked at the definition of Cove, it really resonated to what our vision and what we wanted the place or our clinic to, to have yeah. and to, to go. So it just, it realistically, it just meant that, um, that a cove was just a natural formation, like a, a small inlet where sick animals, injured animals came. They came there to rest, to rehabilitate, to get better or, you know, um, mothers to um, birth their young. And then when they were strong enough, go back out to the wild. And we mm. thought, this is it. This is yeah. what we want to create. We want to have a small clinic um, where, you know, patients can come see us, get better, get well, babies to come along and, yeah, move out there to big wide world yeah and it's it's certainly the name is certainly reflective of the region you're in you know compared yeah. to if someone had a health cove in the middle of brisbane city or something you'd go it's mm, just a little not so coastal yeah it's not mm. doesn't really fit the name so that's i like that yeah, yeah. 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 thank yeah. you and so uh tell me about what you but like uh chantel you focus mainly more on uh women's health and fertility and hormonal treatments is that right yeah yeah and so and pregnancy yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so i absolutely love women's health I've always been um really passionate about it ever since I was even a young age I always wanted to work down that field um yeah so I primarily see lots of women um with um anything from like teenage like early period conditions or um issues then going through to like everything in between to down to um, menopause so Mm. um I'm really lucky that um I work um with a lot of midwives in the Byron Bay Hospital as well. Oh, really? So um, they only take low-risk births um, and you have to, um, which means that you have to give birth by a certain date. So the pressure is quite on mm. for a lot of women in our area because they want to give birth in the Byron um, Birthing Centre, but they have to give birth um, in a certain amount of time. They can't go over Um uh, which means they just get transferred to another hospital um, to start induction. So I, I guess I do a lot more inductions because, yeah. Um, yeah, the midwives are saying, referring to do acupuncture for it and do everything that they can do. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And, and I suppose when um, when a, a lady is in that position, she's she's more likely to, to explore all these different options to, you know, to get the best care and the most uh, natural approach, if you will, or... Uh, without having to take any type of pharmaceutical intervention mm. to to get to the the most optimal results. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's been an absolute pleasure to work with women, especially it's such a, a beautiful side of it. Mm. Yeah. 
and are you uh are you gaining a, a, a profile down in that region as uh, kind of the go-to lady for <laughs> for things like that seems to be yeah. yeah it seems to be um I think also yeah like I, I think because I'm so passionate about it and I've always have been um it sort of just naturally have happened mm. in that way. And I think, and also because we have um, like both myself and Angus in the same practice, I think if, you know, people are asking for that, um, you know, we can sort of bounce back from each other when I know there's like areas, for example, you know, sporting injuries, things like that, which Angus is more passionate about, I can flick through to that way. Whereas, you know, if we know people coming in for pregnancy, fertility or whatever it might be needing, it's it's nice to go on this, Chantelle's interested in this. So yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice, uh, nice round approach to, yeah, to things. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about that, Angus. You're, so you do most uh, musculoskeletal and also athlete preparation and recovery as well? Yeah, a whole, a whole range of things. Um, that's pretty much the bulk of it. And then obviously pain management as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, athlete preparation is something that I've found to really enjoy. Um, basically because, um, we, yeah, we see a range of athletes from the area um, coming in seeking sort of that uh, preventative care yeah um leading up to certain events so um recently i've just finished working with um the australian champion for um the ironman event oh really Um, yeah and he he took out the gold so that was for because of you obviously obviously (laughs) like how else would have you got there (laughs) um (laughs) no yeah no he he basically committed to about 12 weeks of um preparation mm. sort of acupuncture work um and the goal there is just basically to keep keep him as loose and and pain-free as possible so that he can i guess dominate his training regime yes um and yeah it was just fantastic keeping him sort of on that track to his goal yeah so then you see the end result of of him actually taking that gold medal was pretty fantastic yeah so that's a, a very rewarding type of person to treat um but then yeah we treat all sorts of amateur athletes as well so um, your surfers, um, football players, all of that, mm. um, which is very similar, keeping them moving, keeping them mobile, and then that education as well. So um, pre and post um, event or, or session out in the surf. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of what I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. And in your, the area that's um, like in, uh, in New Brighton and around that area, I imagine... There are a lot of obviously surfers and and more sports oriented people <laughs> and yoga practitioners yeah. and are you like is that uh, a large chunk of the people that come through the door people that are actively involved in in their own health and well being through a physical medium? Definitely, surfing is a, a therapy in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of the community, um, so you have a, the age ranges from you know teenage through to 60, 65 year olds. So, and all they want to do is be in the water surfing. Yeah. So. Mm. I mean, making sure that their normal life is, is perfect in terms of aches and pains, but then being being sure that they can actually go out and enjoy the surf for sometimes hours on end mm. um, is yeah, it's it's their goal yeah. to be out there basically. Yeah. When can I get back into the surf? Is is a big question. Yeah. We get sure. A lot. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess that that um, I was talking to someone the other day where they were treating someone who had been surfing for the first time in a while and it affected their knees and, and their lower back and it just made me think that the the motion and the stance that you take 
surfing that's that's a lot of strenuous work, yeah. strenuous yeah. Yeah. work for your body which um you know you've got the the qls and your psoas and then all the quads and everything and you, in that continuous mm. yeah uh, squatting position or the, the horse stance if you do martial <laughs> arts for yeah. that for that whole period and then you have to balance on water and you know evade sharks and everything else yeah yeah a lot of sharks yeah <laughs> yeah and then and then the paddle the paddle fitness as well yeah of course yeah all of that um so definitely keeping yeah the knees the hips that twisting and keeping the body under load for yeah. that period of time mixed with the cold water as well um, yeah yeah can be quite a serious sort of movement yeah, yeah. do you see any conditions that are specific to if you're seeing more of the older generation that are doing surfing are you seeing any conditions that are specific to that that you know are they do they have more of a certain condition or even less of it because they've been more active um it's i mean the thing that we we treat the most in regards to surfing is that uh the low back and hip mm. so mm. that sort of a lot of that spasm type type presentation um potentially leading into that that false sciatica mm-hmm. the pain down the leg sort of thing um so that's probably the most common and that's probably as you said the position that they're in so lying down flat and then jumping up into that yeah. sort of stance yeah um, i i had someone come to me the other day and they had pain in the back like just above the glutes like oh, sciatica man yeah mm. someone told me it's sciatica so it's you know <laughs> what am i gonna do yeah uh so you guys met at uni right yeah yeah eight eight years ago, eight years ago. yeah so tell me about that um yeah that was it was crazy that we met in our first year um at endeavor college mm-hmm. um back when we were in water street yeah so oh right yeah did you do your first semester but i think maybe first and second semester start okay. start i think it was halfway through the oh, second yeah, semester that, that they shifted yeah. Yeah, yeah that transition happened but yeah there's i almost know what to say but we've just it was just an, an absolute crazy surprise and now even um you know going out of university and um you know working it wasn't always in our plan for us to be working together we always i always thought it'd be brisbane based or gold coast based mm. and i and we did know that um angus wanted to work back in his hometown um in new Brighton, but um yeah it was just um pretty exciting and um it's been such yeah it's such a great adventure to now be in business together and now yeah our studies have led us to where we are now so yeah. it's been really good yeah but you're from down there but are you from brisbane, brisbane. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah 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 so i grew up in brisbane yeah mm. yeah which has been a nice um it's been really nice to transition down there um um i love brisbane and i always will but it's been very special to now like have the beach now yeah it must be difficult oh so difficult having you know um beach walks on my lunch break now Mm. (laughs) but um yeah it is it is um it has been a big change but i um yeah haven't looked back yet so yeah yeah so can you guys give me a bit of uh the process of where you were before taking over the clinic and then the, the actual development of it just for people listening who you know students or other people who are interested in taking on this challenge or, or, or journey of building their own business and you know some of the some of the challenges that you've experienced or the, mm. the highs and the lows i guess um yeah the work involved is quite high but from my perspective when you're when you're an acupuncturist and you're treating I guess you're treating people in your room one-on-one that's already 100% effort in in that room. So for me personally, taking on a clinic was more having more control over that Mm. effort, I guess, and being able to, um, 
I guess, shape everything to do with the treatment from the moment that they ring the phone to the moment that they leave, the whole experience. So I guess it was, I was already yeah putting in that effort. So taking over a business was no different in my mind. Yeah. yeah. In saying that, it it has made us, I guess, we, we sort of split our day in, in three segments. So um, we treat our patients and then lunch break sort of middle of the day is more business related. So it's everything from admin through to um, all sorts, managing the other practitioners, mm. um, even a bit of like social media, social media yeah, yeah. trying to get all that, catch up on all that. And then back into trading. So mm. it's about, I guess, pro, uh, having a, a plan to prioritize the different parts of your 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 day really yeah and um i mean when we took over the business it was sort of it had been built 10 years ago um and it had sort of just been left like that so that we did a bit of renovating um all of the the branding changing and all of that so that was we didn't have time off work so it was after work through to late hours all of that so that that took a toll but yeah it's all worth it how it all shaped out (laughs) yeah so i guess yeah i guess what i'm saying is um if you're in practice and you're seeing clients, you're already, that's already business. You're, mm. already, you're already in it. Mm. So just taking it to that next level, really. Yeah. Why not just fill up all the rest of your time Why not? with work as well? You don't really need a, a personal life, do no, you? No, 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 no such thing. No, no. <laughs> plenty of time for that later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you had anything to expand on that. Um, no, I, I guess, yeah, like it was a, again, I nothing can really prepare you for it. So no. I think it's just get in there don't be afraid to work hard yeah. um and just everything will you know as long i think and also it's not about um i think a scary thing for us it's like yes we are business owners um we are quite young but also it's about having the team around you so you know um that that's you know you don't have to be worrying about you know all the financial stuff because you have an accountant for that like it's utilizing you know your time and putting it to for us yeah, it's you know it's doing our acupuncture doing our work and doing what we do best so I think just keeping in mind, you know, for anyone that was to go into business that, um, yes, you are, you, you're having to control quite a lot and you're having to, um, you know, think about heaps of different aspects of, you know, your, your clinic and, you know, everything around that. But it's also that you can have a team of people around you that can help you and will support you through that journey, through that tra- transition. And I think um, we're so lucky to have had those people because it would have been really difficult to do without yeah, because yeah, you're running, how many uh, other practitioners do you have? Um, we have, I think we have four other practitioners. So we've got the psychologist, a chiropractor, and two massage therapists, and then myself and, and Shinto. Come a bit closer oh, yeah. to the microphone. <laughs> yeah. And um, a naturopath that's starting on as well. Okay. So yeah. how many is that all together, including you? So there's that's, six now. Yeah, six, six now. now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a big thing for, to, to run a team like that, and you're absolutely right to have that. So they also act as the, the kind of support network as well? Well, yes and yes, so. Like they, at the end of the day, um, you know, especially for our psychologist and our chiropractor and even our massage therapists, like they're doing their own work. So, I mean, it's not something that we have to sort of be, you know, um, being, you know, in charge of or minding or anything mm. like that because they are their own um, practitioner. And I guess, yeah, like the, we don't have to... Um, worry so much about what they're doing if that makes sense um but we i guess it's also i mean because we're a multidisciplinary clinic we do have to um have that um lots of um in-house referrals which has been really quite 
quite lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also have that support if we have a patient that is needing, um, you know, um, psychological help. Um, we've got someone to go, oh, we've got someone in house to go, oh, hey, you don't need to, you know, it's not such a big step, I guess. Mm. Um, they're familiar with the practice. They're familiar with the clinic so they can go, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm ready yeah. to take that step. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have to travel far either. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah, that's a... Um, I think that's a big advantage of of having all those different people, um, you know, that you can send your your patients to. Uh, But also the fact that, you know, you make a really interesting point, which is that you don't have to, as a business owner, usually have employees that you may need to micromanage or, you know, you're paying uh, their salary or something like that. Whereas you have, I guess a clinic is a, a unique example of that where everyone is running their own business mm. and everyone is taking care of things themselves yeah so there's a lot of, of stress i guess you that you don't have Removed. to worry about yeah, that's doing what that yeah. yeah yeah completely agree yeah, yeah. which is good yeah. yeah it keeps the environment nice yeah it <laughs> yeah. does yeah. yeah it really does yeah. yeah and i mean we group we group every now and again and have team meetings and all of that and that's where we discuss anything that we need to discuss mm. so otherwise everything runs very smoothly yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's good yeah. You had a really uh, good point before, Angus, which was becoming in control of every step of the process. Yeah, uh, I've worked out of a clinic where it was someone else's business, and then I've also worked in my own clinic here. And the difference from not that it was a bad experience at all, but just yeah, having that that ease of control over things, where when the person the, the first moment the person comes in contact with you on the website or Instagram or uh, mm-hmm. through a phone call, it's you from the start to the very finish. Yeah, it's huge. And that's yeah, that's uh, I imagine as a from a patient's perspective that would that would mean a great deal to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, tell me about your experiences you've been having with gps and uh medicaid said that you know, we were talking yeah. before and you're saying that you're getting a lot more referrals these days yeah so our, yeah. our gps have been fantastic in the community um we've got a couple of them coming to see us as patients and then mm. we've got a, a handful that are referring as well um and yeah in terms of medicare what we've been seeing is actually we've been getting epc plans sent to us um, with our names five treatments all of that but we can't use them <laughs> Um, so, I mean, the GPs are, are wanting to refer, wanting to put us on, on EPC plans, not realizing that acupuncturists actually can't accept those yeah. because we're not on that Medicare platform. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, and on, on that note as well is that they are, um, otherwise they'll get, um, an EPC plan that says acupuncture, but it will be, um, potentially, um, for a physiotherapist or someone that offers dry needling acupuncture and but they see our clinic and go well they've researched where can i get acupuncture in our area then they bring the referrals through to us thinking that they can use it and it is very difficult to explain even though the form says acupuncture on it an acupuncturist can't use it wow yeah, so that's, so, a, that's a big one. <laughs> so we see that a lot and it's it's difficult because some GPs understand it and um, some GPs don't. So, um, you know, sometimes they are referring, doing the EPC plans to us and they didn't even know. So, But I mean, that, that's a big positive and a big negative at the same time. Yeah. Because yeah. like the, the, the hardest thing might be to actually get that trust and get that referral process happening which it is happening mm. it's just not available for us to use yeah yeah so i mean the, the gp is finding that hey the best the best point of call for this patient is to get some acupuncture right now 
I'm going to refer them to an acupuncturist or to someone that does what they think might be acupuncture. Mm. But at this stage, it's just not the case and it's not happening. So that's what needs to really change, I guess, is is for that to be clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, there is a, I suppose there's definitely a, a level of frustration amidst our community as acupuncturists about, about that clear um, problem. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can, things are happening as, as far as I know. And I guess we can look at it from, you know, the glass half empty or half full, at least we're this far ahead. Yeah. And as you said, it's a positive that it's, people are aware of it gps are obviously referring patients to you yeah mm. uh there's just that small barrier in the way for the moment yeah, yeah exactly right. yeah it's frustrating it really is but um it, the thing is is it is great it's it's happening and you know patients are asking for it and um you know gps are saying yeah no i agree with you like mm. i think that is a good option but it's just not getting delivered to to us so i think it's it's the main thing it's frustrating for us as acupuncturists it's frustrating for the patient because they're kind of having to potentially go down the dry kneeling path thinking it is acupuncture um and then it's yeah it's frustrating for the gp so because they don't really know what's going on mm. so it's yeah so with your how, how does that um how does it make you feel about the the dry needling? What's well, availability? I mean, it's more, it's uh, it's more like it's a substandard treatment, basically. So all of these practitioners that use it have a fantastic degree, and mm. they're fantastic in mm. their jobs. But from my perspective, and maybe a lot of others, dry needling is out of their scope of practice, mm. or maybe not. But why not send? Uh, why not get acupuncture from somebody that is is trained at a way higher level of course um so that's where i'm sort of sitting at yeah um, i mean in terms of you know my patients might need an adjustment um i'm going to refer that to the chiropractor yeah. or the osteo um yeah and then we've got our psychologist i mean we've done a, a foundations of counseling but that can take us so far and then we've got a a psychologist that's done an honors and a master's and all of this so why don't we send them to the psychologist yeah Yeah. it's like the foundations of counseling is like the equivalent of the the two-day dry needling course yeah yeah Yeah. probably even more advanced (laughs) than that yeah (laughs) yeah we did a whole semester yeah Yeah. um you know i I agree Yeah. yeah and do you feel like it's the uh the actual application of dry needling itself or the fact that other practitioners practitioners are doing a form of acupuncture um, that is the real problem. Well, I mean, just from our short time in clinical practice, we just see things like, um, you know, too much pain in, in from that application. Patients are saying that or they might come in and say, oh, no, I don't want to get acupuncture today. Okay, so why don't you want to get acupuncture? Oh, my physio gave it to me and it was mm. excruciating. Mm. Um, and that's just something that doesn't happen in acupuncture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I mean yeah the application um the training i mean for me i think like yeah they can i don't mind if they do some acupuncture or some dry needling but why not go get a degree in it Mm. go do a master's Mm. um if i was to wanting if i wanted to prescribe exercise as a therapy um specifically for patients i would go do a master's in physiotherapy Mm. um, because that's what's expected of our uh, of apra potentially Mm. um yeah Mm. yeah we just yeah i just we see too much um you know bad stories that come from it and it's it turns off p 
people or patients that are wanting to get acupuncture because they've had an experience and it's always when you have to talk to them and have to explain even though the physio said it was acupuncture you do have to explain it and go actually really it's not so I think that's why it's it's yeah it's frustrating for them um but also just you know people um I've had a patient um actually this week when I got back um, back into practice this week they um, said to me um, I'm going to China um, this weekend and I really want to get some acupuncture because of my neck oh. and I said and I can't get into it with my dry needling because they're away and I thought okay cool like this is interesting it's really good they've come in but they've said to me um, I'm going to book it in earlier in the week rather than later in the week because my dry needle therapist won't treat me the day before I fly and I was like oh okay what's that for and they said oh because um I might get a pneumothorax so they do know the risks of it the patient knows the risk of it but having to explain that you know it is safe to get acupuncture and oh, I see patients that get especially living in the Byron Bay Shire that fly in fly out um you know in our area like you know that's not a problem for us to ever to consider um not doing a treatment because they might be getting on a flight that afternoon yeah, so, um, so their their thinking as a practitioner is every time they do not dry needling they potentially might be doing a pneumothorax yeah, yeah. so and that's it's, not and, a good way to but think also, yeah and also that patient was okay <laughs> with going oh no but i might get a pneumothorax and knew the risk and was still and, and i'm that's just not something that you should be considering, I think. Yeah. They probably don't know the full risk yeah. of what oh, that is. And you know, it probably sounds like some sort of, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like something that's not as like sinister a, than a, it really a, is. A new way to realign your back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've seen that on a, um, on a form, a consent form. I won't say where, but I saw that on a form for a, for dry needling mm. somewhere. And it had said that as well, that by signing this, you consent to the risk of a pneumothorax. And I just, I was very surprised that, that that's actually, I know there are a lot of risks with any medicine. Mm. That's what happens when you go to hospital. Anything yes. can happen and yeah. the, the benefits outweigh the risk. Mm. So I understand that, but I suppose coming from our perspective where that's just, you never do that. No. You train four years, so that never happens. Yeah. Um, although in saying that... Um, there are stories of uh, certain practitioners that happening as well, and and not because of um, because of a lack of anatomical knowledge, but there's there's certain things. I think um, I heard a story where a practitioner was inserting the needle as the patient was inhaling. Yeah, took yeah. a deep breath in, and it caused the needle to go into the thorax, and that's an acupuncturist. Mm. Um, so. But in saying that, the the risk of having it with an acupuncturist is obviously far much closer to zero. Yes, it's, we don't put it in our form and saying that you, this might happen. Yeah. Um. So just be aware. You know, you can't go on a plane or get into a you know scuba diving or anything yeah. like that. Um. So yeah, that's I, I that's can't an interesting. That. One. <laughs> yeah. On um. Yeah. On that note, is and and I had a really interesting one as well where it's very conflicting to know what really happened, but especially seeing lots of women and pregnant women had um someone in their second pregnancy and um they were talking to me how they had sacroiliac joint pain sij pain Mm. um and they um wanted to get um acupuncture because it really helped relieved it um so i was like okay cool like that's good great great your body responded well but they said um something 
to me that they the osteopath or um, whoever the pro- pro- professional that was administering dry needling was pinning into her sacral iliac um, area of her back, mm. um, which was really interesting. But she also was saying that her first pregnancy, because I always do a screen about you know how their first pregnancy went and everything like that. She said that um, the that day and that weekend, it was a Saturday, I remember her saying, is that she um, ended up going into labour, being induced then um, and having a baby um, at a preemie, um, at, at under, um, yeah, like 32 weeks, which we know um, as an acupuncturist, you will never, ever be pinning into the sacral mm. area as we know what it can be potentially be doing. So... It was really interesting to, I remember it was really early in my practice, being super shocked, um, but... So um, that, that happened as a result of this? Yeah, which I can't say, yeah, the, um, where it happened, um, but did happen. And I, was, and I was just thinking in my head, even to this day, like, how is this happening in the Australian health industry? Um, um, like, it's not just about pneumothoraxes and it's not just about, you know... Um, all of that it's just about you know hey there's there's so much to it there's so much damage we can potentially do and was that baby born because of um you know potentially doing acupuncture to Mm. cause an induction i don't know yes no Mm. does that osteopath or physio whoever did the dry kneeling do they think so no they don't but it's because they don't have the training and the knowledge not aware and not aware um what actually pinning into that area um stimulating all those nerves stimulating you know oxytocin all of that is for us would be an absolute legal havoc on our end Mm. so um yeah i think yeah, it shouldn't be happening in Australia. And but the thing is, is like what Angus was saying, if you want to be prescribing exercise for us, we would be doing our Some masters in yeah. exercise physiology, yeah. physiotherapy, which is something that we have considered. But um, yeah, it's because you want to be delivering the best that we can for your patient. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's why we're so passionate about it. It comes back down to, you know, interdisciplinary care. It's sending your patients to the best practitioner that you think are going to get the best results it's working together working collectively um not just in a in a clinic practice but you know on a outside of that yeah yeah do you have someone to treat digestive health or do you take care of that with acupuncture or um yeah we do a little bit of digestive health <laughs> yeah. um but having a naturopath on board now of course yeah. that's gonna yeah. that's gonna they're really big on digestive health yeah. so i mean but we we do do a lot of digestive work with um as we know chinese dietetics um all that warming type foods often that's that's yeah. the direction we go with that yeah yeah um yeah. which seems to seems to help a lot of people yeah, yeah. um but it's going to be great to be able to bounce those sort of ideas off our naturopath mm. so mm. Yeah. yeah. So have you got plans for expansion? Do you have room for expansion down there? Um, we do. Um, we do have room. Um, at the moment, we're quite happy with how things are going. Yeah. But um, definitely, we've all, we're always thinking about yeah. these, these things. Yeah. Um, we what find that. We I mean, we find that just as enjoyable as trading. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're definitely always have things in the works. Don't yeah. We? yeah. Talking yeah. to different people at where we can go with it. Yeah. Start opening up new new uh, locations. Yeah. Yeah, come back to Brizzy. Yeah, yeah. Health Cove 2.0. We have to be near the water though. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> only near the water. Definitely. So with your approach to, tra- uh, to treatments, you tend to uh, also look at it from a Western medical perspective as well to help to explain that to your patients? Yeah. Um, 
that's one thing that we are quite passionate about and that that's sort of where i guess we look at the modern approach of acupuncture as well um so we find it really important to actually communicate more so in western medical terms than chinese traditional chinese medicine terms Mm. Um, and that's just how we've sort of developed that um, in the clinic there and it's it's worked really well for us so i mean when we get when we get say like a a tradie coming in with um, acute back pain um, maybe he's picked up his his toolbox put it in the back of the ute felt a twinge back's gone into spasm and it's the first time he's come to see us um, definitely approaching that with terms that he can grasp and he's he's sort of grown up i guess hearing yeah rather than jump straight into this is a chi and blood stagnation or these are the channels affected bladder gallbladder yeah. whatever it may be yeah yeah um just so that he's walking out knowing that this is what happened in that session he gets it um rather than walking out that feels pretty good but i'm really confused as what's happened in there what is chi what is this stagnation what is is my bladder okay um Mm. so that's sort of where we we go from approach it from yeah and with your musculoskeletal treatments do you aim for trigger points and referral patterns do you do you do very anatomical based treatments or do you do more very much so yeah, yeah. so yeah. our treatments could be described as quite messy messy um which yeah we're very hands-on we're um, super manual yeah so i mean a typical treatment specifically for musculoskeletal um which would be about 80 percent of our practice would be uh massage which would be more like a chinese remedial with oil mm. so based off that twainer yeah um but more with oil we don't use so much to towel um so more oil um, hands-on and then we do a lot of cupping mm. and a lot of acupuncture yep. so it's always majority of the time a combination treatment yeah um, and then with a lot of heat as well um, to relax and vasodilate those sort of muscles blood vessels yeah um, mm. yeah we, that's our standard treatment um, and that was sort of based off working with tim um, mm. the previous business owner he was all about that and he really helped shape that sort of treatment for us um, which was we're really blessed to sort of have yeah it's been something um, that we've really yeah it's been really effective and it's just yeah like we were saying really messy yeah. <laughs> um it's super physical but it's yeah we really um push to try and like our treatment plans always around quite small so we always try and um get results within the three treatments so we always tell our patients when they're coming in thanks um, thanks to a certain lecturer yes, that, that we can't remember we can't remember <laughs> we were on the way trying to think who was it that said to us you need results within tri- three treatments yeah. so we put so much pressure on ourselves yeah, we accidentally stuck to that stuck to, stuck to that ideology <laughs> that we really yeah. i mean case by case obviously it can be different if you're working with potentially internal self fertility of course but yeah. um but from you know basic musculoskeletal um so it's always that's the expectation isn't it three sort of you want at least something happening yeah, we need we need some form of positive result within three sessions yes. and i think that's why we mm. go in like full guns blazing you're <laughs> with a lot and i think when you're you know they're seeing the value of the treatment um you know and also there's so much but that that's going on like why we're we doing that it's like massaging obviously it feels good relaxes a patient especially if they don't like they're a bit unfamiliar with pins but also like our hands like i've just realized in the last few years really trying from this different approach our hands tell us everything mm. um so i think that's why we've you know you're picking up a few different things that potentially when you know you're palpating with a towel or doing things like that you might be missing 
Yeah, definitely. So, which is why we're, yeah. we're quite enjoying all that information that the body yeah, has to tell going, us. Oh, yeah, this muscle's twinging because of this reason, or yeah, all of that. So we like the MS approach. Um, it's been good. <laughs> With your, you say you're going all guns blazing in the first treatment. Sometimes, mm-hmm. how do you manage your patient expectations as far as what they are supposed to feel the next day if you know sometimes tween can be quite intense and they can call the next day if they're not told saying why have you broken me yeah and why do i feel worse now so i guess that's um that's definitely case by case and that's the beauty about our profession is that every treatment is slightly individualized um so that's through like proper communication with the with the patient um keeping the pressure tolerable so that you're not making them jump out in pain and tense other parts of the body. Um, And also, uh, before they get onto the table, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. How does that sound? Mm. And then if, you know, that's a verbal consent, they're happy. And then also, yeah, you could feel a little bit flared up for a day or so. Um, Is that going to be okay? Yeah, I expect to be feeling like that. I want to get better. Um, In saying that... um, Often they they're not they're not flaring up either. So, and also like if you are wanting to flaring up, it's a kind of like talking about why we want inflammation. Yeah. Like we're so trained to go no 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 inflammation in that Western society, but our Western medicine. But more about like you know we actually kind of want to vasodilate the muscles. Mm. We want all those histamine responses to come in, flood yeah. the area. We want it to be flared up because it's going to get you better quicker hmm. so yeah yeah start that explain. healing process yeah, again so that yeah. not, oh, i'm so sore and everything it's um you know what did angus do what did chantelle do it's kind of like oh this is good yeah, yeah. yeah. and also a few tips on how to have, uh, reduce that treatment pain potentially so keeping hydrated hmm. keeping the muscles warm filling after them with treatment. blood after treatment mm-hmm. um that can help reduce that treatment pain yeah um, mm. if there is going to be any yeah yeah, yeah. That's sort of our approach to that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting concept when you have, you know, treating something like tennis elbow, for example, which is chronic inflammation, and then you're explaining to your patient, well, we want to get acute inflammation mm. to to get that to heal, which will then ultimately start to reduce the chronic inflammation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's... Because for uh, early on, that was something that was actually baffling me. Yeah. Because... As you know, my understanding of uh, TCM with the the explanations of uh, hot and cold and everything like that, I needed a more uh, concise and and, um, comprehensive understanding of what's actually going on on a biological level. And Mm. then I came across this concept that there's different forms of inflammation and Mm. there is good inflammation and there is adverse inflammation. And you want to have the good inflammation for a brief sporadic amount of time. Mm to boost the, the immune system and the healing process yes. and to ultimately eradicate the chronic, the chronic inflammation. Yes, which is not good for our bodies. Yeah. 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 So with your approach now, moving on into the future, how do you see the modern application of acupuncture? Like in, in regards to how it was in the past, do you see that can then like the the continuation of an ancient form of medicine now that i mean you you speak mostly to your patients on a western medicine approach and anatomic anatomical and physiological approach how do you see the development of of tcm um i think um for me and for chantelle as well i think um we just want to continue utilizing 
uh, our degree basically. So we've been trained in a Western and Eastern perspective. Mm. So really carrying that forward into the future, the way it's traveling um, and hopefully yeah, just continuing basically being on par with other health allied health professionals. So if we, if you have a patient come in, they've got a team around them already potentially. So they've got their GP, they've got their physio, they've got their personal trainer and whoever else may be there. Mm. We want to be able to communicate with those other professionals on the same level um, so that when you've treated them, they can go back and, and maybe tell their GP or tell their personal trainer or their physio, this is what my acupuncturist has been doing. Okay, that makes sense. But if they go back into their circle and they say, oh, uh, maybe, you know, this, they did this, they said something about chi, maybe they might not understand that. I mean, mm. we studied for, what, four or five years and we're still going to learn about this traditional Chinese medicine. Mm. But you've got an hour with that patient. Mm. So, I mean, as time develops and that rapport develops and they start asking questions, that's when we d- delve a little bit deeper. Um, but to start with, we really want them to walk out um, understanding what you've done. And we're lucky that um, Endeavour provided that sort of dual almost degree. Mm. So we have the knowledge there. And that's where I guess I, I'd like to see modern acupuncture continue forward maybe. Mm. Yeah. And that's very specific to to us as well, like our clinic and how we're, we're working there. So it's not for everyone, but that's how, yeah, personally. Yeah. I sort of approach it and yeah. how I see it. Yeah, staying in, staying in this modern um, environment of health and also moving forward onto, even onto Medicare and onto EPC plans really being clear Hmm. and not being so how does acupuncture work and talking in that that traditional chinese medicine sense we've got the we've got the ability to translate that for people now yeah Um, Yeah. luckily yeah would you um chantelle oh yeah no i just that's exactly how i was thinking as well i think just yeah it's just really important to you know guiding in that modern day approach that we are using that language through because we are communicating with the midwife well for me working with the midwives and with those patients and you know you are just you know really got to let them know that we are here to help and we can use our evidence that we've got we're so lucky we've got so much evidence now around us you know um you know talking about that evidence to the to the patient um you know if they even if they're going through ivf or not and they you know they're doing the most um in having experience for myself working in um a clinic where it was predominantly ivf but the um fertility fertility doctors were referring their patients to get um, acupuncture whilst they're doing their um, IVF treatment. It's just such an interesting contrast of in, the, in a modern day approach that, you know, we are doing the most clinical, um, you know, um, Western treatment, so medicalized, but they're still doing this beautiful Eastern um, treatment Definitely. as well. And I think so in a modern day world, it's talking about instead of saying, you know, lots of that chi and blood, you, you know, you're kind of just more talking about, you know, um, um, especially in the reproductive organs, you know, talking about your hormones, talking about your cortisol levels, our stress hormones, stuff that they go, oh yeah, my stress is, you know, even though we're, even though I, in my brain, I'm still thinking about liver cheese stagnation. I am thinking about all of that. It's just that I'm really keeping it quite modern so they can go, oh, um, seeing my IVF doctor. And then I'm also seeing, um, Chantel, my, um, acupuncturist, and she's also working on stress levels or whatever else it, it may be. Mm. So I think that's where I, I would love to see acupuncture keep going in that in that um, approach. Yeah. yeah, and then even um, even out all these hospital trials that are coming out 
with a really high success for the emergency wards and things like that. Mm. I mean, we're stepping into into a Western framework in that sense, so we have to be able to keep up with that. Mm. Um, who's gonna Who's gonna be the one administering acupuncture in those hospitals? Mm. Is it gonna be um, the physio or is it gonna be an acupuncturist? Mm. Mm. So we have to be able to um, be able to be amongst those sort of allied health practitioners. And I guess, yeah, hold our own and be able to communicate with them um, in a successful way. Yeah. Do you think it's a hindrance to acupuncture in any way to have the, to be taught in a very Eastern paradigm with concepts like chin and uh, a different version of blood to then be translated ambiguously into all different ways you know because chi is now it's hormones it's neurotransmitters it's your energy levels and and blood is pretty much everything else yeah um do you think that is to our detriment when we're trying to become more accepted by a western paradigm that we if they were to you know for example if a physio or a gp sees the notes that we write Yep, it's going to be scribble. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be this whole new language. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think so. I think because we have this crazy wealth of knowledge. So I think we, it's in a way, no, I don't think it's to our disadvantage. I think it really, like, it's pretty crazy that our brains can work in two different ways Mm. like we're constantly thinking in two different ways so i don't think it is i think the only reason i think um that it can be potentially detrimental is just when you are talking to the medical you know professionals around you your gps your allied health if you are wanting those you know patients to come through is you know making sure that you you know you're using that language um that it's coming from a tcm root but you're delivering it in a um in a western way so for example you know talking about heat and you know even talking to the gps that it's not it's not all about ice 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 anymore and mm. we've got the research now to, to show us that it's mm. yeah it's you know we i'm really grateful that we have that eastern um history knowledge there. Yeah. yeah that yeah. we can say no actually ice isn't what it we thought it was yeah so i don't think so yeah yeah is there anything you would like to see changed in the way that acupuncture is delivered in universities and colleges um i mean week one was tough (laughs) seven subjects doing the the bachelor of health science alongside the eastern medicine so i mean that's that's the only hindrance from that conversation that i can i can see in terms of grasping both at the same time yeah Mm -hmm. that could be that can be quite challenging um but in saying that every class was like an enjoyment to go to and you're getting a taste of this, a taste of that, Mm. um, keeping things fresh. So, Mm. I mean... Kind of was like a puzzle in a way when you were starting. It was like you didn't get it. You're like, oh, how am I going to get this puzzle to work? But you do Mm. each subject and one, you start making it all and then all of a sudden you get an aha moment. I think it was coming towards, yeah, maybe even my last week. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) okay, it finally makes sense. So you start seeing some better results come in. But I, I, I... Coming yeah. from, um, I had a very conservative upbringing. I never had acupuncture. I never had natural therapy growing up, really. Um, I, yeah, I found it very challenging mm. to just go, what is this and make sense of it? It sounded very um, hocus pocus. But like I said, it, I stuck with it and it all, at, an, at the end of the day, it all made sense. Like, yeah. It slowly married up. Yeah, yeah. it does yeah. marry up at the end. Yeah. yeah. What brought you to acupuncture? 
Um, <laughs> for me, it was um, I had a sporting injury. Um, I was swimming at a state level and I just kept dislocating my shoulder. And I, at the time, was seeing every allied health under the sun. So I was seeing, you know, teams of physiotherapies, um, specifically on sporting, um, and then also seeing um, orthopedic surgeons um, to a point where we couldn't work out what was going on. And I was in so much pain, I remember at the time, and I couldn't move my shoulder. It was like kind of locked up. And my dad at the time sort of said, oh, let's just go see this acupuncturist. Uh, actually, his name was Chris Miller in Brisbane. And I just remember refusing it in, in the car. Like I was like, you're crazy, dad. Like, what are you doing? I don't want needles. Like I just didn't, I just thought, no, this is, this is not going to work. You're wasting my time and your time. Um, but I just, yeah, had the treatment, could move my shoulder, was not in pain. After as the much first pain, session? My first pain, yeah, yeah, I did have quite a few, uh, maybe about a six or so. Mm. And I remember going after school, being excited for a treatment, going, this is making me feel better. And I think because I was such a skeptic and it never been part of my life, yeah. that really was quite special um but then um he said to me um you know what do you want to do when you finish high school and i was saying my acupuncturist was saying that and um i was saying like i want to be in women's health like i said i wanted to study midwife a midwifery my mum's a midwife i really want to do something with women and he goes go see peter kington he's my best mate he runs a fertility pregnancy acupuncture clinic in brizzy as well and i was like okay this is weird i didn't know acupuncture can even help my shoulder but i didn't know it could help women specifically and i did a few weeks with peter kington and it was the best thing i've ever done because it just was like yes this is for me this is private practice um you know i'm working with women and i can and it not only did it help my shoulder it can help with what i'm really passionate about yeah. so i was really lucky to have you know my shoulder to give out because it is where it got me yeah here today yeah how about you angus very similar to chantelle um mine was again a sporting injury playing playing for queensland um in basketball no uh, yeah you wouldn't pick it <laughs> <laughs> six foot eight yeah. <laughs> not a basketballer <laughs> um yeah, people ask me that a lot in clinic as well. And same response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so only really one serious injury and that was my ankle. So just coming down from a from a play and landing on my foot, twisting that black and blue sort of up my leg. Yeah. Um, and being, yeah, 17, I think, wanting to be part of that tournament, um, not accepting the physios, um, saying, you know, four months of rehabilitation yeah. and all of this. Um, it was just too much for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, one of my teammates recommended an acupuncturist. And, yeah, that's, that was my... I'd had a few sessions for other things, but yeah. nothing so specific and, and so important to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, basically, long story short, um, getting treatments sort of weekly ended up uh, being 100% better in two months. Um, yeah, and it was a very serious ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, so that really led me to want to know hold up why isn't this our first point of call mm. if they're mm. so if you know that's that's 50 percent better than what i could get anywhere else yeah so yeah that's what sort of led me on the path of mm. wanting to know more went to an open day at endeavor and yes yeah, signed signed up um yeah yeah wow awesome yeah for upcoming students do you have any advice now that you are trailblazers on the you know on the path to to um multi-clinic business owners <laughs> and at least multi-modality at, at the moment 
Um, I think my advice is definitely do work experience outside yeah. of your uni. Get into clinics. I think that's what I did. And it just, from a, from a student, you're seeing so much more. Like, it, it, we're really lucky that Endeavour had an amazing student clinic. But I think stepping into private practices is just incredible. Even if they are multidisciplinary or just acupuncture, I think you are going to get a wealth of knowledge of just even how people are running their businesses. I think it's just this information that is just incredible. And, um, you know, patient management is just always something that forever learning. So I think, yeah, do as much as you can. If you are a student and you don't mind, you know, giving up one of your Saturdays or one of your days in the week, or even just half a day. And if someone, um, is willing to take you on, take it cause it's going to pay off. Yeah. That'd be a good thing to see the co- the college do as well, even like a placement type situation. Yeah, um, yeah. Part of almost part of the degree would be really cool. I mean, yeah. a lot of other allied health professionals have placement, so yeah, um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, but that's absolutely. a that's a big point. Yeah, getting in and getting into clinic mm. uh, as early as possible. Yeah, yeah, as early as possible. Yeah. Yeah, finding a um, maybe not a permanent mentor, but at least someone to have. Mm. you know a, a brief exposure to yeah, someone mul- to look up to even mm. even multiple clinics seeing how multiple clinics work mm. do a, few, a month here a month there yeah type thing yeah that mm. was that was certainly um I, I oh you guys had the experience before graduating anywhere right yeah we, yeah. yeah we were doing it for a couple of years mm. yeah yeah um, during the degree yeah yeah i certainly felt at the end of the degree that I just jumped out into the unknown and I had really no idea what I was doing. Mm. It's very uh, fortunate to have Nikki McDonald take me on as uh, a mentor at her, her clinic mm. in, in the beginning stages to help me with that. But definitely valuable to have that exposure before you get out. So at definitely. least when you're when you graduate and you go into clinic for the first time, it's not a completely foreign experience. Yeah, not as daunting. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I guess the only other thing is like what we were saying earlier is touching bodies. Like we don't, yeah. I guess we don't really do that so much in our degree looking back. Like I thought I was touching bodies heaps, but you're sort of palpating here, you know, using lots of towel work. But I think really getting in there, getting your hands dirty, touching bodies is, is really something that I've learned now going, oh, I wish I'd, I'd learned more about that mm. through my degree. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so so you think more of a like just encouraged to to be more hands on yeah, with the, with the on. approach. Yeah, hands on. don't be afraid. I think I was a bit afraid to touch your body actually. Like I was, you know, you swipe, you know, you going in there, you have a little palpate, going, oh yeah, cure muscle or you know, piriformis glute, whatever, whatever it may be. But it sort of that was it. But you know, giving in, getting in there a little bit more with your hands. I think it, there's other things that maybe underneath, or you know, feeling fascia, feeling, you know, tendons, all of that. Um, just, I, I feel for me it has given me so much more information about what's going on in my patient's body. Mm. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also this, the separation between the tweener and the acupuncture clinic, yeah. I, I think it'd be great to combine them so that you have a, you have an ability to, uh, uh yeah, combine the two if needed. Yeah. If yeah. Needed. Cause that's what it's really, that's what you're going to be doing. Do. In, that's yeah, what you're going to be doing yeah. in the clinic. Yeah. You're not going to be doing them so separate. Yeah, I think um, it's um, yeah that it, it's 
less common for someone to to graduate and then just solely focus on tween or unless they've done the diploma obviously yeah, yeah uh, but but yeah you're right it's it's more of the the, the mixed uh, treatment yeah 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 and then yeah. You, you enjoy it more um the patient gets a more rounded experience yeah and you learn to use your tools appropriately mm. rather mm. than saying okay this is just an acupuncture session this is just a tweener session hopefully i can use some cups today if they're available yeah, yeah. um you can actually combine as needed specific to that patient who's in front of you yeah mm. yeah 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 do you have anything else that you want to add before we <laughs> wrap it up wrap this one up no i think that's everything that we would love to do yeah, discuss. That yeah. Was thanks so much really for having good. us. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for coming all this way. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media, websites, everything like that? Yeah, you can find us at um, thehealthcove.com. That's um, our handle for pretty much everything. Um, so Instagram, Facebook is The Health Cove. Um, and then our Health Cove is our website. Yeah. Yep. And do you have, with your the, uh, the the space you have at your clinic, do you have places where other acupuncturists can come and hire spaces or like rent rooms or, or, or anything like that? Or will there be something like that in the future? Um, at the moment, we're, we're fully booked with our practitioners. Yeah, with our rooms. But the, I mean, yeah. things always evolve and change. Yeah. So yeah. we always encourage people if they're wanting to, to move down that path and mm. come in and see us. Yeah. yeah. And what about... Um, with your your passion for students having exposure before they get out is is your clinic a place where students could could potentially come and do that definitely yeah, yeah. definitely of course yeah it's something that we would love yeah yeah we've, we've had been approached a few times but um just been yeah something that just, there's been interest for so definitely but yeah. um a bit more like um naturopaths and a few others but now that we've got like naturopathy in as well we've got um, it's not just with acupuncture, with, you know, other allied health that they were wanting to as well. So, yeah, definitely. Plenty of space for that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Dr. Chantel Mueller and Dr. <laughs> Angus Timms, thank you so much for coming on to FemiaCast today. And we will um, no doubt have you again on in the future. Thank cool. you. Thanks, Dr. Looking Chris. Thanks, Thanks Chris. guys. <laughs>